0: Are you annoyed by affirmations? Are you tired of that same old, rehashed, personal growth advice that all seems to boil down to, think positively and all your problems will go away? If affirmations feel like lies and positive thinking feels like denial, then I want you to get ready. The Overwhelmed Brain is here to help you create the life you want now. This is Paul Cogliani, host of The Overwhelmed Brain, the personal growth show for the critical thinker. On this show, I'll share practical, down-to-earth steps to help you improve your mood and keep you sane in this powerful journey we call life. We'll talk about why we do the things we do and what we can do to reach higher levels of happiness and lower levels of stress and overwhelm. My goal is to help you become empowered so that you can create the life you want. Today's quick quote is by Martha Beck, and it's this. Caring for your inner child has a powerful and surprisingly quick result. Do it, and the child heals. The term inner child may be a bit overused sometimes, but would you be surprised to learn that the child in you is the source of not only a lot of your creativity and playfulness, but also your emotional challenges in life. In fact, how you were treated and how you behaved and especially what beliefs you created when you were young is very likely what is causing almost all of your struggles today. Sure, things are happening in the present, but many of your reactions stem from the past. And because of that, Much of the bad feelings you get today started a long time ago when you first experienced what it was like to feel that way. The child you were was imprinted with values, a perception of the world, and a belief about that world. And you lived life with that structure going way into the adult world. It's like getting out of the driver's seat for your brain and letting a six-year-old drive instead. Now, this is great when you're playing and want to feel free and happy, but it's not so great when you're in the middle of an argument or getting emotionally triggered by something. The child in us can come out at the wrong times and they can take the wheel while we sit in the passenger seat hoping everything works out. But since the car was made for an adult, you already know what can happen when a child is driving. This is a point of decision. Who do we let drive our mind? Our adult self or the child that's still in us that wants to run the show? That's what we're here to talk about today. And today I want to tell you about levels for guitar. Have you ever heard some amazing guitar music and thought to yourself, I would love to play like that, but you didn't know where to start or have time to schedule lessons into your day? Well, whether you're brand new or experienced, you will learn through online video music lessons that teach you step by step how to master guitar playing from the convenience of your own home on your own time. Levels for Guitar is offering an entire month's access to hundreds of videos for free. I went to their site. It's just amazing. I love it. No cost, no obligation. Just go to levelsforguitar.com forward slash brain to get access to the entire library for a whole month for free now. Who you were does not define who you are. This statement is one of the most significant truths you should adopt as soon as possible. I've learned from many self help books and teachers throughout the years that you are the combination of everything that has happened to you, and how you behave is how you've been programmed to respond to all of life's events. However, it doesn't have to be that way. I had a coaching client the other day that talked about. Responding to life's events from her inner child. She could feel her emotions rise up in her and react to the situation as if she weren't in control. But her child was. Now you know who your inner child is, right? He or she is the person that learned how to survive in the world and brought those sometimes very unhelpful survival skills into the adult world to deal with adult problems. When you were a child, everything was about figuring out limitations. You pushed the boundaries on walking and running, swimming and biking and skating and even hitting each other and so much more. You wanted to experience as much as you could without the fear of what might happen. Because quite frankly, you had no clue what might happen until you tried it. When I was a kid, I rode my bicycle as fast as I could down a hill towards a mound of dirt at the bottom in order to gain as much air as possible. (laughs) I was 10. I had no stunt bike experience. I wasn't wearing a helmet and it was going to be the coolest thing ever to show my friends how far I could fly. After all, Evil Knievel was jumping buses with his motorcycle, so it made perfect sense that I would fly through the air and land perfectly. (laughs) But you already know where I'm going with this, don't you? At about 150 miles per hour, I'm exaggerating of course, I hit the jump and I flew through the air in a blaze of glory. I'm not sure where my bicycle was, but there I was, flailing wildly above the ground, trying to get my balance. It was phenomenal, and I was more scared than I'd ever been. Then I blacked out. When I came to, I looked up and noticed everyone around me trying to figure out if I was dead or not. Having miraculously not suffered a broken bone or even spraining an ankle, I went looking for my bike so that I could get home as fast as possible. Sure, I survived a great stunt, but didn't get to brag about it. In fact, I was hoping... Everyone forgot about it. And as with many things in life, that moment came and went. And soon, that stunt was just a memory, never really to be mentioned by me or any of my friends again. I guess it felt a lot bigger and scarier than it actually looked from their perspective. But that's where the important part comes in. At that moment, right after the crash, I made a decision not to take too many big risks like that. I became more of an introvert and less involved in extracurricular activities. It wasn't only that specific incident, but it was one of the many, quote, failures I had as a child that caused me to create a belief system of why try, I'll fail. I mean, why bother trying if I'm only going to fail anyway? I grew up with this belief created by a child. Imagine if you followed the advice of a child. For example, if they told you what stocks to invest in or what kind of car to buy. Well, some children may actually know this stuff, but that's not the point. What I want to get across is that many of your decisions and behaviors come from a child's perspective of the world. A child's perspective of love, for example, could be about how many toys his or her parents buy for them. Then when that child grows into an adult and that perspective sticks around, they feel love when things are bought for them. This is why the 5 Love Languages book by Gary Chapman is so popular. It talks about what we need in our life to feel love. Regardless, your perceptions as a child are a lot different from how they are today. If you got yelled at a lot as a child, you probably developed an aversion to yelling today maybe even becoming hypersensitive to it. Now in the adult world, people yelling may make you uncomfortable. In my case, I developed irrational fears regarding people who drank alcohol. I brought those same fears into the adult world and ruined a few relationships because of them. Now, Once I explored what I really feared, I was able to let go of those childhood beliefs about people who drank alcohol. Think about everything that you feel emotionally triggered by. An emotional trigger, at least the way I'm talking about here, is when you feel bad when someone does or says something. For example, I used to feel bad when the one I loved drank alcohol. I would feel hurt and unloved because that's how my stepfather made me feel when he drank. My belief was that he wouldn't drink if he really loved me, and also I feel scared when he's drinking, therefore I don't want to be around people who drink. Think about what beliefs you're holding onto from childhood that you still base your decisions and behavior on today. The client I mentioned earlier could actually catch herself behaving in a way that she didn't want to behave, but she didn't know how to stop it. She felt it coming on, but couldn't stop the negative emotions from coming up. Those emotional triggers are your inner child's survival mechanisms kicking in. There's something now triggering a child's response in you. If you don't like the term inner child, just call them old beliefs or something. What old beliefs don't apply to the world you're living in today? And what's the difference between an old belief that doesn't serve you anymore and any belief that you still believe has a purpose and feel that it's important to keep. Well, that's what we're talking about today. I love the question, who's driving the bus? In therapeutic circles, This question refers to who's actually in control of your decisions and actions. There's the you that is consciously aware of what you're doing, taking deliberate steps in the direction you want to go. Then there's the you that reacts and does things out of character and sometimes beyond your conscious control. Now this other you, the one that is not so conscious and more reactionary, is what I'm interested in talking about today. This is the part of you that is actually driving all of your decisions and behaviors. This is the part of you that is driving the bus. What that means is that you consciously walk around and do the things you do. You have the power of free will and you make choices and say what you want to say. You feel free to turn left or right or blink your eyes or not. You feel free to breathe and yawn. (laughs) But think about it for a minute. Do you really believe that all of that stuff is conscious all the time? You're not always thinking about what you're going to do. You don't have to think to breathe because your body remembers to do it for you. And sometimes you'll say things where you have no idea why you said them or where they came from. If you ever want to test this, have someone put you on stage in front of a crowd one day and tell you what you're going to talk about at the last minute. You'll have no preparation time no notes, and you'll just have to wing it. (laughs) Do you think you'd be okay? If you're not used to doing this, you might think, no way, I don't think I could do that. But something happens when you're forced into this type of scenario. You suddenly have access to resources you didn't think you had. Those resources come from that subconscious part of you that is actually running the show in the background. We're too busy staying consciously aware of things to realize that when needed, our subconscious can kick in and pull things off that we had no idea we could do. I know this is true because of what happened to me. I was part of a training class in the 90s, and one of the pop quizzes was to stand in front of the class and talk about a topic that we wouldn't know about ahead of time. When I was called up, I thought, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. So I walked up to the teacher, and he handed me a piece of paper that said, lollipop i was like how am i going to talk for five minutes about lollipops and then something happened inside of me i suddenly snapped into a different state of mind i wasn't thinking i was flowing i drew a circle with a line on the board and i asked the group what it was and someone yelled lollipop and i said that's right it's a lollipop That's what we sell here and we need to sell more. And how are we going to do that? And then I went on presenting and interacting with the group for about five minutes. People were laughing and really enjoyed my made-up, on-the-fly presentation. I had no clue what I was going to say ahead of time, but I said what came to mind and it turned out great. This exercise proved to me that no matter what, even if I had no time to prepare, that I could trust my unconscious mind to come up with the resources I needed to get through almost anything. This can and probably has happened to you. It may or may not have been the same circumstance, but I bet you were in a position at one time in your life where you said and did things that you later went, How did I do that? That's because the part of you that's unconscious is actually the one driving your brain. That part is driving the buzz. This you is always in the background, making decisions before you decide. It's planning your actions before you act. It's thinking before you think. In other words, every thought you have is being fed to you from another part of you. What do you think of that? But you, not being conscious of that part, might think that you are running the show. But there are too many times when you react unconsciously to believe that's true. I mean, if you were truly conscious of everything you were experiencing all the time, you'd never react badly because you'd think before you reacted. But since reactions come from a more subconscious place, they bypass your conscious reasoning filters. What this means is that when you say something or do something you don't mean, it wasn't really the conscious you making that decision. I hope that makes sense because if you can grasp this, it will help you understand yourself and your behavior a lot better. Have you ever smacked your kid or your pet and immediately felt bad for doing it afterward? Have you ever yelled at someone and thought, oh wow, that was mean. Why did I do that? These behaviors are pre-programmed deep within us and they come out as reactions beyond our control. But there's a reason these reactions are there. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means that the subconscious mind is like a computer and it does what it's been programmed to do. Your subconscious mind runs the show. It's the foundation of your beliefs. Therefore, it's the engine that runs your decisions and behaviors. When you make a decision, it derives from a deeper part of you. You may already know this, but doesn't it make you wonder about free will? In other words, if there's a part of you that's making decisions before you consciously decide, it makes you wonder if you have any conscious control of your decisions in the first place. You may think, well, I can change my mind if I want to. And if you did, was that change a conscious choice or was it already decided before you decided? It gets a little hairy talking about this stuff because first off, We all want to believe we're in control of our life in some way. And secondly, it's no fun if free will is taken out of the picture because then we're just automatons on a track being dragged around doing whatever our subconscious mind has in mind for us. But there is a reprieve here. There is hope for all of us, regardless of free will. And that is how we develop our belief system. The magic that programs our subconscious mind isn't really magic at all. The decisions that are made before we consciously decide may not be fully controllable in the moment, but they can be programmed to respond and behave the way we want them to in the future. We're going to get a little bit of woo-woo here in a moment, but I promise to approach it from a practical standpoint. There is a way to program yourself for success by pre-programming your belief system to serve you. Now think about who's driving your bus. You may believe that you have conscious control of everything you do and say, but also be open to the perspective that conscious behavior comes from unconscious belief systems, those underlying values, perceptions, and filters that you have about the world you grew up in. These unconscious belief systems run the show, and when you know how to program those underlying beliefs, beliefs you may not even know you have, you can alter the course And maybe even change your destiny. Did I mention affirmations? (laughs) Oh no. Let's see where this goes. What old beliefs are you carrying around that no longer serve you? The problem with this question, one that I've asked before on the show, is that the reason you have a belief is because you believe it serves you. That's why I rarely use the term limiting beliefs. Did you ever hear anyone use that? Let's eliminate your limiting beliefs so that we can create new beliefs to help you succeed. Now, I've used this term to describe how you have beliefs that you don't even realize limit you in some way. A belief like, I know I'll never be healthy because my whole family has never been healthy. That limits you in that you think you'll never be healthy. And if you don't think you'll ever be healthy, you'll never take steps towards creating good health for yourself. After all, why would you even try to be healthy? If your family wasn't healthy, that just means you won't be healthy either, right? Well, there's an obvious flaw to that thinking, and it's this. Genetics are a component of health not the totality. And you can use that line with just about anything you think about. For example, saving money is a component of wealth, not the totality of it. Love is a component of life, not the totality of it. On and on. Everything you have and do is a component of a bigger picture. So if you think your health is doomed because your family had health issues, then instead of feeling defeated, realize that you need to work a little harder on all of the other components of your health so that you don't end up like them. Another example is that you could believe that because your mom and dad did such and such to you that you'll turn out a certain way. But what it really comes down to is that you end up in a way that is the result of the amount of attention that you give to each component of the major areas of your life. Or to make that easier to understand, you get what you put into all the components as a whole. A good example of that is how you approach relationships. If you think all you need to do is love someone else and you have a relationship, your relationship will probably fail. Love by itself is not enough. The people you love need to know that you're also safe to be around. They, they need to know that you'll support them when they need it, and that you'll help them if they fail or fall. Love could already encompass all those things for you, and if that's the case, that's great, but there are so many components to loving someone. That's why I say just loving someone isn't enough to create a long-lasting, fulfilling relationship. But let's get back to the topic at hand, and that is what we can do to create an empowering belief system That propels us along the path of personal growth and development. We talked about how we really don't run the show. Our subconscious does. It's turning all the dials and pulling all the levers. Our conscious mind is simply going along as commanded. But that's no fun. How can we enjoy life if we believe that we're just going along for the ride? I mean, I agree. There's no joy in just tagging along. So, here's what you need to do to start taking control of your life again and creating the outcomes you want. You may not like it because it's not instant gratification, but it does work. The secret to creating the life you want is twofold. One, remove the clutter of negative emotions and attachments. And two, replace that space with positive programming. The first item is what I always talk about. It's laid out in my book, Clear the Path to Happiness, and it goes over what needs to be done to clear the obstacles that block the path to happiness. I repeat it over and over again in this show, but I'll say it again if you're new to the overwhelmed brain. Here it is. Find someone safe and express your pain, shame, misery, and humiliation, embarrassment, and everything else that you can think of. This is the first step to processing and releasing all the negativity that you may have stored in you. Once you do this, it's like springing a leak on a giant dam. Once the leak starts and the negative emotions pour out of you, you'll start letting them all go and you'll feel free and empty of all that negativity. There are other things that you can do too, but that step is so important. But many of us don't like it because... It means admitting to things that we're afraid to admit. It means being called out on what we did and who we did it with. It means showing people that we're dysfunctional and handled things in a way that we're not proud of, perhaps. But I say, so what? Everyone has done things they wish they hadn't. Everyone has regretted something along the path of life at some point. It's just that some people hang on to it all their lives hoping they never have to deal with it. You know how that goes, right? Hanging on to pain transforms into destructive habits and behaviors. But finding someone safe to express and talk about your pain starts the process of healing. And if you can't find a safe friend or coach or counselor, just write down your thoughts and be brutally honest about what you write. If you hate Write that you hate If you want to hurt someone or worse Write that down It doesn't matter if it's true or not It matters what's released When you do this process Now, number two is Replace the space you created With positive programming Are you annoyed with affirmations? Are you tired of being told To think positively? (laughs) Recognize that? Affirmations feel like lies don't they? Looking in the mirror saying, you're a wonderful person. You are worthy and loved. It can feel like you're being dishonest with yourself when you don't really feel that way. That's why I'm usually very annoyed with just using affirmations without first clearing out the negativity. Some people say affirmations overwrite the negative thoughts, but I say in many cases, they stuff your negative thoughts even further down. Now, that's not always true, as I do believe the brain can simply rewrite old programming. But it's always true when you never let go of your old beliefs. If you feel unworthy and say to yourself, I am worthy a hundred times a day, it's possible it can become a habit. But at the end of the day, if there's even an inkling of doubt that you're worthy, then the affirmations are really just helping you avoid processing and releasing the pain. Now, this is the test that you can do with affirmations if you ever use them. Repeat them over and over again. And then in a week, if you truly believe your affirmations and you have none of the old beliefs that prevented you from thinking the opposite of your affirmation in the first place, then you've reprogrammed your mind. If, however, you have doubt after a week of repetition, The affirmations aren't working. Now here's the kicker. Affirmations can work, but you have to get rid of the clutter first. Clutter is all the negative thoughts you have going on inside. When those thoughts are dominating, you have very little chance of succeeding with affirmations. But once you are clear, you know, when you get your brain defogged, then you can tell your subconscious mind anything you want and you'll be able to program your future. A much simpler way to explain this is this. When you feel bad, affirmations probably won't work and you'll continue to feel bad until you address what's really causing you to feel that way. When you address the hard stuff and you can share it with safe people in your life, you start letting it go. Most of us don't get rid of the painful stuff because we feel there will be more pain sharing it with someone else. For example, it's hard to share how a loved one's behavior hurts you if you're afraid that they'll leave you. But living your life being afraid of the consequences of expressing yourself is miserable. It's the opposite of personal growth. You want to grow and in order to do that, you have to express what's going on in the deepest part of you. Now the pattern I see a lot is in adults who were either physically or especially sexually abused as children. They're so afraid to talk about what happened because of how it will go over. So they hang on to the pain that someone else gave them just so they don't have to deal with the consequences of talking about it. The pain is usually much greater in abuse survivors. So That means that their lives are usually more challenging. I mean, the more you hold in, the harder life is. But finding a group or a person to express everything to, no matter how bad it is, and no matter how bad you think it makes you look, is step one to freedom. And once you're free from the burden of holding on to all the misery, you are free to start creating the future you want. Yes affirmations can work at this point when there are no obstacles or stronger negative programming in place an affirmation is a great way to tell your subconscious mind what you want and how you want to feel and what to do now it's not only affirmations but also what you feed your subconscious mind on a day-to-day basis this second part is actually more important the shows you watch the people you interact with the books you read all compound into the bigger picture and each are a component of what gets created in your future. You have the power to create free will by programming what you want into your brain. This programming comes in the form of whatever you feed your brain. One of the most powerful forms of programming comes by interacting with other people. You can read and watch all the bad stuff you want and it will affect you, but nothing affects you more than what other people do and say around you. Even now, you're listening to me and I am influencing you in some way. I have to choose my words carefully because I know that I am an influence in your life, but some other people are not so careful. They could say very mean-spirited things and those things could stick with you if you're around those people often. You are the sum of the five people you hang around with most. And this is why. You are influenced even when you don't want to be. And here's proof of that. I want you to control what you think about. Okay? I really want you to take control of your mind now. Just control what you think about. It's easy, right? Here it comes. Don't think about the tiny black kitten that I saw in a parking lot the other day. Seriously, a tiny, black, furry kitten made the cutest noises was in a parking lot. The mom came over and got her and then took her to safety, I hope. But just don't think about the kitten. Now, unless you're a master of your mind, you probably thought of a tiny black kitten. What this means is that even when you try not to be influenced, you're still influenced. No matter what, you are influenced. What that means is that Bad people can influence you too. And when that happens, your mind can get programmed with bad thoughts. This happened to me when I used to listen to Howard Stern many years ago. He's a crude radio personality that usually comes across as very negative. I found myself adopting a lot of negative beliefs, just being entertained by him. I was starting to believe what he believed, and I didn't even know it was happening. When I figured it out, I immediately stopped listening. That's hard to do sometimes because a lot of us tend to thrive on misery as if experiencing other people's misery is somehow freeing for us. But in reality, we are absorbing more of it. So think about the people you're around the most and determine if you're at a place in life that you want to be. And are the people you hang around with most in alignment with your vision for yourself are they lifting you up or bringing you down and look at your own behaviors towards others too when you don't like what someone else does do you put them down for it or do you support their decision to do it you can either be selfish and get what you want or selfless and support what they want it works in reverse too people can be supportive of you even if you're wrong, or they can put you down. But which path is more empowering? When you're empowered, you tend to make better decisions for yourself. When you feel bad, you tend not to. Programming your subconscious mind is all about releasing the bad and letting in the good. And once the bad is gone, programming is much easier. Remember I said we were going to touch on the woo-woo a little bit? Well, here it is. When you clear the path of obstacles, all those negative emotions and such, manifestation becomes easier. Manifestation is one of those words you hear about in the law of attraction circles all the time. But here's what's interesting. It's true. Manifestation does and can happen for you. It happens easier and faster when you release the pain from the past. If you truly want to put the vibe out there and get what you want in life, you're not going to see those returns until you're ready to face your inner demons and release the pain. You can manifest what you want, but it will take work. It will take you being brave enough to express it all to someone safe so that you can start getting good returns in life. Hang around good people and you'll get good returns. Does family put you down and make you feel bad? It's time to express the pain they are causing you or just get away from them. I know, I make it sound easy, but listen to other episodes of this show and you'll learn all the ways to do this. You can create the life you want. You can manifest what you want. But it takes work. It's not just positive thinking. It's dealing with the stuff you don't want to deal with so that you don't get triggered in the future. When the pain is drained, the good will replace the bad. Now, if you can't release it all or you're still working on it, you're still heading in the right direction and you can still manifest what you want in life. It might take longer, but always head in the direction of what's best for you. Remember that each step you take is a component of a bigger vision. You're either growing and evolving, moving towards the vision that you have for yourself, or fearing and moving away from what you want. You have an opportunity to change your future. You may not be getting everything you want right now, but you have the opportunity to start programming your mind for success in the future. And that future could be as soon as tomorrow. So don't get caught up in today and how you're not where you need to be. Get motivated that everything you do is a step in the right direction. That doesn't mean your vision will manifest as you intended, but something will manifest that will be just as rewarding. Think about the people that bring you down the most and either walk away from them or honor yourself when you're around them. People can try to put you down or they can put you down. It's a hard choice, but it is a choice you can make. People who lift you up are the best type of people to be around. And of course, once you really honor who you are and start being compassionate towards yourself, you can become the most positive influence in your life. Programming your future starts with draining the pain from the past filling the space with positive programming and always moving towards your vision. So before we part today, I want you to think about something that you believe to be true that you don't like. Whether it's that you'll never make enough money or have the health or the relationship that you want or whatever. So go ahead now, I'll give you one minute to think about what you believe to be true but you don't like it. For example, you could say, I believe I'll never find the right person for me in an intimate relationship. If you don't like that belief, then work on that one. Or, I believe I'll never have a job that pays me what I'm worth. Just think about something you believe that you simply don't like and don't want to be true. Do it now. Ask yourself two questions is that belief really true and does it serve you if you said no to either one it's time to adopt a belief that will serve you and beliefs are created when you release old hurt and if you've tried everything to release the pain and you still can't let it go let me leave you with this Pretend you are the last person on earth. No one else exists. You woke up and there's no one around. The power is still on and you can do pretty much anything you want, but there are no people, at least that you know of. Now, think about any pain that you have from your past. Knowing that there are no people on earth, do you still feel the same about your pain? I'm willing to bet that something feels different when you think about it that way. Why do you think that is? Just something to ponder. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I thank Shane, Nancy, Richard, Ashley, Lisa, Alicia, Gregory, no not Gregory, I mean Jeffrey, (laughs) Keith, Jen, Victoria, Mike, Lacey, Shane, Matt, and uh, Noemi, Noemi? and for connecting with me through Facebook, Frederica, Sarah, Fidella, Karen, Valerie, Michael Kelly, Jamie, Don, and Billy. I know that there are people that connected with me on Pinterest, but I think I deleted the notifications and I didn't get your name, I am so sorry, I'm glad to connect with you there though. I would like to thank Susan on Amazon for giving me a review for my book, How to Deal with Irrational People. Thank you, Susan. And for the direct messages, Chris, Don, Jessica, Alexis, Paul, Gina, Thomas, and Susan. Keep up with the show by heading over to theoverwhelmedbrain.com and sign up for your weekly personal growth message. Feel free to reach out to me through the contact link on that site as well. I also want to thank the listeners who are using the Amazon link on the site to support the show. Yes, your support is helping, and if you aren't using the link to shop at Amazon, why not? You can help support the show just by doing what you're probably already doing shopping at Amazon. Go to theOverwhelmedBrain.com and click on the Amazon button to find what you're looking for now. Your shopping habits mean a lot to me, and they're going towards a good cause. You. A special thanks to Levels for Guitar. They sponsored today's episode and I just got to say I tried out their site and I am very impressed. If you have any inkling on wanting to try the guitar, they will give you a whole month of free access to over 100 videos. So it's amazing. I watched some of the videos and I'm blown away by the talent of the teacher. So I highly recommend you get your free month while you can at levelsforguitar.com forward slash brain. There's nothing I want more than to keep this show on the air and free to listen to. So support the sponsors you hear about because they're a big part of what we do here. And if I didn't call your name in this episode, just know that I appreciate you and thank you for being there for me, listening, learning, and growing. Now the subconscious mind does what it's told. Like I said earlier, it's just like a computer. And in order to program it, we need to feed it what we want it to know. But doing that will take something you may not like. Slowing down a little. (laughs) We're such an instant gratification society. We want to get on the internet and learn something new right away. We want answers now. We can't wait. We want to microwave our food and get our computer repaired as fast as possible. There is some charm in waiting. Waiting helps us understand that life is a process, not a finale. I watched a video the other day of a car chase. I'm so used to seeing what happens at the end of a car chase that I forgot what it was like to watch a news report where they simply followed the car for about 25 minutes. After a while, I realized how much more pleasure I got from just waiting for the unexpected. Sure, I could fast forward to the end, but... There was something about waiting and watching that made me enjoy it more. I think anticipation of a thing is sometimes more exciting than getting the thing. And if we can do that more often, we'd just be happier more often. We've gotten shorter and shorter attention spans over the years, leading to shorter tolerance levels and less patience. And our desire for instant gratification actually does something you may not expect. It distances us from our subconscious mind. And the farther we are from that, the less likely we'll be able to program our mind so that we're making good decisions in life. And the reason we want to program our subconscious mind is so that we aren't just a pawn in the game of life, but instead we're somewhat in control of our lives. What you feed your subconscious mind today determines your destiny tomorrow. So start creating your destiny by feeding your mind with good people and good information. Let things happen a little slower every now and then so that you can develop appreciation and let you get back in touch with a part of you that you often forget about. After a while, you'll start to get more joy out of life and appreciate not having so much instant gratification all the time. It's sort of a meditation that you can do without meditating. (laughs) That should save you some time, right? (laughs) So start the process by stepping into your power so that you can be firm in your decisions and actions, and this will help you create the life that you want. When you do this, you'll discover what I already know to be true about you, that you are amazing.